It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus. Oh. Hello, everyone. If you can hear my voice. This must be Beth from Texas. This must be the Chelsea in America podcast. It is Wednesday, I think, um, the 13th of January. That I know for sure. And it's about uh, just about a quarter or so after 7 in Central Time. Before we get started, um, I want to thank our sponsors. We want to thank uh, Parker's, otherwise known as the English Pork Pie Company. No, I have not ordered my pies yet. If I could get five minutes, I swear to God, I would. Um, but, but they are delicious, and I'm going to miss the whole winter if I don't hurry up and order them. Um, so we want to thank them. We want to thank 8x8 Magazine uh, for bringing us, um, you know, well, it's not your father's 442. If you haven't read it, haven't seen it, you're really missing out. Uh, we also want to thank One World Sports. Thank goodness for them. I don't know about you guys, but I got a chance to watch the replay, well, a tape of, well, that was on NBC, but anyways, stay tuned. I got to get in touch with them when I get some free time, and um, hopefully, um, uh, see if we can't do some extra stuff with them. We also want to to proudly thank CFC UK USA, brought to you by our very own Dan Lundberg. If you're not reading the fanzine, then you don't get it. You know, you can read the Bleacher Report and everything else like that, but if you want to really know what's going on in Stanford Bridge, I strongly suggest that you read what the supporters have to say. It's the best fanzine in the UK, so that makes it the best fanzine in the world. Get it delivered to your home for just $36 a year. We also want to thank the CPO, the Chelsea Pitch Owners, and I'll be talking about them later um, and what's going on with that. And we also want to thank the CST, the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, for all that they do, for watching out, having our backs and watching out for, again, if you are not a member, it's only five pounds. My God, that's like a pint or two at the pub, depending on where your pub is. With that, I'm going to send it out to Phoenix. Dan, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, glad to be back. It's been a it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, so uh, good to be back and just kind of, you know, get my Chelsea... Uh, conversations uh out of out of my mind which is usually a good thing right now so so uh, i guess i'll send it up to uh chicago to jonathan hey guys it's uh jonathan sharp up here in chicago you can find me on twitter at jlts87 for my personal account i also help run the chicago blues account at chelsea underscore chicago um and with that i will Send it slightly farther north where it's probably slightly colder and there's slightly more snow uh, up to Detroit. Yep. Uh, hello, everyone. It's Eddie here in Detroit, part of the Motor City Blues. Uh, I run the Chelsea in America podcast uh, social media stuff. So it's Twitter at CIA underscore podcast. And you can also go to Facebook.com slash Chelsea in America podcast. If you ever want to join the podcast, we are open to anyone and everyone who wants to talk about Chelsea. 
just send me a Facebook message, a tweet, and uh, I'll give you more information when you can join us. So, with that out the way, we played two matches this past week, so let's rewind all the way to Sunday, where we took on Scunthorpe United in the third round of the FA Cup. And the third round of the FA Cup is usually one of the most uh, special weekends of the year. Because you got the round of 64 and all of the Premier League teams, all the championship teams. And you sometimes get a minnow beating a giant, such as uh, Oxford United beating Swansea this week. So, I guess with uh, that out the way, what did you think about the match this week where we won 2 nothing? Ruben Loftus-Cheek scored his first goal. Yay! That was pretty awesome. And not only did he get 45 minutes, uh, Kennedy got some game time as well as Triori. So all three subs came from uh, came from the youth ranks. So I think that was uh, good to see on top of us uh, getting the win. Yeah, that was one of the things that I noticed, you know, going into the match. All of the posting on social media from various fans was saying, you know, Gus Hitting need, needs to play the youth, needs to play the kids. But, you know, he went against that in terms of the starting lineup when uh, when we saw a pretty strong starting lineup, you know. Um, uh, we had Begovic in goal. The back four was Ivanovic, Zuma, Cahill, and Espiricuota. And then we had uh, Ramirez and Fabregas. And in the middle, we had Pedro, Oscar, and William. And Costa was up front, obviously. But... These substitutions were all kids. You know, Kennedy came in for Pedro. Loftus Cheek was the first sub, came on at halftime for Oscar. Near, near the end of the match, Troyore came off for Costa. No, I, I think when it comes to the starting 11, it, I mean, for an FA Cup, you think of it as a weak lineup. But I mean, I don't know. I want to see us go for something. I mean, it's, and also with our current situation, I mean, we couldn't really risk losing to a league one side in the fourth round of the FA cup. I mean, that just kind of really, or the third round wasn't even an option, you know? So we kind of had to feel the strong lineup, you know, and I'm glad we did. I want to see us put strong lineups out there. I don't want to see us just, I mean, I know Liverpool had tons of injuries, but if you saw their lineup, I think their average starting age was 22, you know, and and I don't really want to see that in, in the FA cup. I mean, there's times for it. I think if we were in four competitions and we're dominating the league and, and, you know, cruising through the Champions League, then maybe there's a time and place for it in the League Cup or FA Cup. But I think with the way our team's playing right now, we kind of really just had to put out a strong lineup. Yeah, and I think we had kind of the best of both worlds because, you know, our our first 11 still needs to get their feet underneath them and start playing better. But at the same time, you know, all three subs, as I said before, were came from the youth, and they got some playing time. So I think it was the best of both worlds. Um, and, in, you know, we wanted to make sure that we won the match first because, you know, the more matches we play, the more opportunities um, those kids will have to get on the pitch. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, if we lose the FA Cup, I mean, then you lose those opportunities for – Loftus-Cheek and Traore and Kennedy to play down the road in the future because 
I mean, whether we want to or not, if we want to see them in, in the team, but they're not just going to be playing week in, week out, you know, um, every Saturday. So when we have multiple competitions going on, those midweek games give them that opportunity to play and work in with that, with that starting 11. And if we're not in those kinds of competitions, we'll probably actually see less of them. So it's definitely good to get the win. But, I mean, on the performance, I think as a performance, it really, I really wasn't too impressed, to be honest. I mean, I was happy to see Costa score and, and see Loftus-Cheek score, but I think as a game, it really wasn't, really wasn't much of a game, in my opinion. So, I mean, I don't think we were, you know, if that would have been four or five years ago, I think that game would have been a completely different result than what it was, you know, this weekend. So, I mean, I'm glad we got the win, but I mean, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't impressed. I won't disagree with you. I wasn't impressed either, and I was horribly unimpressed with a few people. Who? Oscar. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll get to him today, too, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is probably why Oscar got subbed out, because he he just looked lethargic out there. He did not play very well, and and I give Hitting lots lots of credit for taking him off at halftime and putting lost his cheek out there. No, I agree. I think it was a good move to give him a forty-five minutes and not just fifteen or ten or you. Know, I mean, even Triore. It was nice to see him come on, but I mean, he didn't even get the ball because he was on for about five minutes. So. Exactly, and like you can't really do anything when you're out there with with five minutes left left in the match. You know, like you can't really, you know, get into a decent flow. No, exactly, and I mean they're not just going to be all thrown out there, but I think it was just a good. It was good to see Lofta cheek it in. I mean, the goal was great, so there's a lot of hype around the goal, but. Kind of same thing overall with our team performance. I mean, he had good moments and he had bad moments, but I think that's kind of, that's what you're going to get when you have a young player in there. I mean, what is he? He's 19. I mean, I'm not expecting him to go out there for 45 minutes and, you know, control the game. I mean, that's not what I expect from him. So those 45 minutes here and there, I think, are what, what we're going to see. I mean, I don't think we're going to see – three games in a row of him playing a full 90 minutes. And I don't really want to see that because I don't want to, I think there's a lot of pressure on him in particular because he's kind of the, you know, he's been at the club since he was eight and there's a lot of people who kind of want, they want to see him become that next John Terry or Frank Lampard, you know, and I would like to see that as well. But the worst thing we could ever do for him, if that's what we want, it would be to just throw him in week in week out for 90 minutes, you know, and just, batter his confidence and and you know he has a few poor games and then you know people are you know writing him off and so i i think those 45 minutes against the league one side i think that's what we have to do and work him in against i mean i don't want to just see him thrown to the wolves and you know have him fend for himself till the end of the season and then you know now he's just low on confidence so i think there's it's a fine line that you need to walk i think with bringing in a youth player, especially with how the team's playing right now. So I just want to see the club handle it carefully with Loftus-Cheek because I want to see him at the club for a long time. And 
they could easily blow it within two years, depending how they handle his playing time. Well, I uh, would agree. Yep, I would agree. I think that he, that I heard a rumor that he's supposed to be getting a new contract, though, which helps. Yeah, I mean, that's good to know. I mean, at least they're I mean, kind of putting that confidence, like, hey, we're going to give you a contract, like, we want you here. We see you as part of the future, so. Well, we'll wait and see what happens, guys. I mean, I just wasn't impressed. Um, I've got to go with what um, <clears throat> what Dan said as well. Midfield still not playing well. I'll give a few ups to um, some of the forwards and certainly the back back five because I include the goalkeeper and look just fine. Um, it just, you know, it just wasn't impressive. I mean, we won, thank God, but I got to tell you something, squeaky bum time a lot of it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and let's just hope that when, you know, whoever they draw in the fourth round, whether it fits that's um, MK Dons or Northampton. Northampton know that they could that they could come out and put pedal to the metal a lot sooner. You mean Wimbledon or Northampton? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, I think I don't know. I mean, like you said, we weren't. I wasn't very impressed, and I know Palace got kind of people up on. You know, people were really excited about that Palace result, and so was I. But I still was a little reserved. I mean, that was one result in a long span of poor results you know and we were playing a palace team that was missing arguably their two or three best players so although that was a great win i think i don't know i feel like people have been kind of getting their expectations back up just after two results recently you know and i think we've we've seen the same problems even though we've won against Gunthorpe, it's kind of was the same problems that we've had all year. We were just kind of fortunate that we were playing Scunthorpe and not, you know, <laughs> someone else. Yep, exactly. Well, we could have played some of the other teams that didn't do so well at the FA Cup that should have. Yeah. True. You know, and we knew Scunthorpe was going to come and kick the crap out of us. And I'm sorry, but – or or – you know, that kind of thing. And as far as Palace goes, I thought we played pretty damn well at Palace. Um, you know, everybody's talking about their two or three that are missing. Well, we had a couple missing as well, so I really don't want to hear about it. And that's how I feel. That's really how I feel about it. You know, this is the time of the season where injuries count. If you can't keep your team fit, well, why don't you go talk to Man City and Man U about what that feels like? Because they're not doing great either. And Arsenal. <clears throat> and Liverpool. Liverpool is <laughs> Liverpool has something like 11 hamstring injuries or something. Hamst- yep. Hamstring City. Well, that tells me that they've got problems with the training pitch. No, it's from all that bending over they do, stealing hubcaps. Their hamstrings just can't handle it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> ben Dippers. I went to deny that. But I did think the the young boys did well. I thought Ruben did really well. That was a perfect poacher's goal. He looked hungry. 
And that's the thing. He looks hungry. You know, um, if I see Oscar run into three people again, I think I will have to strangle him. I am over it, done, dusted. I didn't get to see the second half of the game today, but I did see the first half. And from what I read, Diego Costa was up to his old tricks and more worried about fighting somebody on the pitch, though I did hear that the ref was really abysmal. Um, but Oscar's doing my head in. You know, one touch on the ball, <clears throat> dribbles right into three players and loses the ball. And he's been doing that for two years. You are totally right, Beth. You know, he's you – no, know, it seems like soon, you know, seems like right around the time that Jose Mourinho came in, it seems like Oscar's per, per, per performance has just dropped. And I don't well, know why Mourinho because was, no. Mourinho was the one who told him that basically he got rid of Mata saying that, no, I'm going to keep Oscar because he's the number 10. He's better than Juan Mata. That's basically what Mourinho told him. So, I mean, I don't know if his – I mean, he does have great games, but it's once every, you know – He has great six, seven, eight. Yeah. No, I agree. He And he fades in and out over an eight-game span, and he fades in and out over a match. But, I, th I, I mean, I'm just wondering if his performance – is he overconfident, like he's trying to live up to that potential of being – a number 10 playmaker, or is he, is he just low stupid? on confidence and just can't make it the right decision? Stupid. How many times, Jonathan, let me ask you a question, or Dan, whoever it was, because I'm not looking at the thing right now. I can't tell y'all's voices are. <laughs> let me ask y'all, if you walked into a brick wall 20 times, would you continue to walk into that brick wall? Um, I'm not magical, so I'm going to say no. Only if I was Brazilian. <laughs> well, obviously, that's just something that he thinks he needs to do. <laughs> he looks to run into three people. He's got he's got freedom on his right, freedom on his left. He goes forward. Three people, he's lost it. Yeah, and that's what he seems to do every time that he gets the ball. You know, he seems to go, go into traffic doesn't know what to do and then loses it. And and that's very frustrating to watch time and time again. My head hurts from banging it on a table with him. You know, but you know, again, I I don't think today and I don't think on Sunday that we were sharp with passing or anything else like that. I, I will say, believe it or not, that I think Fabregas had a good first half. I can't comment on the second half today. Um, he looked like he was getting around more and actually delivering the ball. He didn't lose the ball as much. But overall, and why hitting didn't take Oscar out at the half is absolutely beyond me. You know, at least, Pe at least Pedro was running around. But <clears throat> Jesus God. Good grief. You know, and we can't play with, with five people on the pitch and, you know, six chickens with their heads cut off. I, I won't put Willian in that. I won't put Willian in that. Um, but, Jesus. Marion Jones. 
So, and everybody's talking about who we're going to get. And honestly, I think we need to just, I think we just need to play with everybody and case the roster up. Yeah. So, I mean, with that, I mean, do you think, I mean, what do you think our goal, the team goal should be this year? Should we, you know, I mean, I, I kind of go back and forth on it in my mind. I mean, I would prefer to see us go for an FA I mean, as bad as we're playing, I've, we're, we're, there's no way we're going to get relegated. I just, I just can't see it happening. So do we go for an FA Cup at this point instead of, like, I, I feel like if we, if we really just try to get that fourth place spot, I feel like it's just a lost cause. You know, I, I mean, I just, I don't even see the point in really trying for that when we have an FA Cup, which in my mind is, I would love to win the FA Cup, you know, and do you think we should just go for that? I mean, what should the team focus be? I kind of feel like that might be part of the problem. The team just like, they're just looking for results. There's no goal. Like, I feel like there's no one has like a goal. Like, hey, this is what we're setting out to do this year. Like when we won the Champions League, we pretty much wrote off the league that year and just put our focus on the Champions League. It's not that we didn't try in the league that year, but we, I mean, we did, but it wasn't, you could tell the team's focus was going to be, okay, Champions League. You know, I mean, what, what is the focus, what is the goal for this year? Is it not even get any trophies and try to establish a new core of players? Is it go for trophies? Is it go for fourth? I mean, what is it? I mean, what is, I don't I've see it. I've got mine, but I want Jonathan to say his first. Um, <laughs> I think that we go, I mean, I mean, we, I don't think we write off anything. I think we try to play the best we can in, in, in all competitions. I obviously think that we should, you know, definitely try our best to win some silverware in the FA Cup and the Champions League because that is our best bet of having European football next year. I don't see us making the top four, but I don't, at the same time, I don't say, I'm not saying that we should write off the Premier League. I think we should keep fighting on all fronts. But see, that's kind of my fear is that if we put, put all of our efforts into all competitions, will we be able to achieve any of those things? Is this well, team good enough to I... achieve any of those things if they are putting their best foot forward in all these competitions? How about how about if we could play one decent game? Well, we did at Palace. <laughs> I don't think we. I don't think we were. I don't think we. I don't think we did. I think we played okay. I don't think we played great. No, I, I wouldn't say great. Great but... at Porto. And if we and if it is, how about we string two great games together? How about everybody gives a hundred percent? How about Oscar pulls his finger out if he's going to play? How about Thibaut Courtois catching the ball for exchange instead of punching it out? How about everybody giving their all and really playing as a team? I'll take that for a full ninety damn minutes. Yeah. Come out ready to play. And play. Palace had us the first 20 minutes of that game. Yeah. <clears throat> For 20 minutes, we looked like it, like we were going to lose. And we pulled it up. And, and I'm grateful for that. Don't get me wrong. 
but I would like to see us play like the team. I would like to see us play to to individual and team potential, and I don't think we've done that at all this year. Do you? No, it's definitely been a lot of individual moments, namely from William, that have, um, you know, saved us the points that we have gotten. Um, I, I, I can't think of one match, including Crystal Palace, that we, or maybe Sunderland, but that we played as a team as a whole for the whole game. I think it's, yeah, it's it's not been good. I, don't, I just don't know where else to say other than that. John, or Dan, you're the one that's arguing against this. You're I mean, I don't even know if I'm necessarily arguing against anything. I just don't. As a whole, I don't like this. I don't see the club hat. Like I feel like there's no. I feel like it's just like okay, go out and play and try your bit. Like I don't know if I just don't feel like there's a, a team focused, a team, a team goal. I don't know. I don't know if that's just me. Like I'm always very big on like having a goal. Like okay. In the next three months, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to like get. How about done. win some fucking matches? <laughs> yeah, well, no, except, but that's what I mean. Like, it doesn't even seem like that's. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how yeah, I can really right see that, but it's just like a feeling I have. Like, I just feel like there's no, there's no spirit. There's no team camaraderie. I remember about a year ago, around this time, we were talking about the team on this podcast, and I mentioned how. Oh, it's so amazing on Twitter and Instagram. All all the time I see these players, they're at each other's houses, they're having barbecues, they're out for dinner with each other, their wives are hanging out, they're doing this or doing like I don't I don't see any of that anymore. I just, there's it's like there's just I feel like there's just no spirit. There's no hey, I've got your back. Hey, we're in this together. Hey, don't worry about it. I'll get you next time. Hey, I'll put that ball in better to you next time. Like, I just don't see that. I don't feel that. And it's literally changed in a year from that stuff that I, that you could just like sense it. I don't know. It's just a feeling I have about it. You know what, Dan, I'm not going to disagree with you. There are those that when things don't go right, they put their head down and go to work. They don't want to celebrate. They don't want to go and do anything fun. They want to keep their head where it's supposed to be. But I'm sorry, six points above relegation is not something where we give up the league because I'll tell you something, Newcastle is on a run of form. Sunderland seems to be picking it up. Swansea's dropping, granted. Um, Bournemouth are holding their own, their own. And the only one that seems to be dropping points, you know, faster than, you know, you know, a full running faucet is Liverpool and Man United. And you know what? Liverpool are seven points ahead of us and Man U are 10. So until we can get this sorted and get a few more, get at least to 11th or 10th, we've got to concentrate on the league. I totally, totally agree, you know, because the moment that we start giving up the league, the league is when clubs like, you know, Norwich, Swansea, Sunderland, maybe even Newcastle start, you know, picking up a win here. When we may get a draw, you know, you know, two or three point swings, you know, they might start chipping into that deficit. And next thing we know, we might find ourselves, you know, a 
a point or two above the relegation line. You know, we are already, uh, you know, six points above relegation, just like what you said earlier, Beth. So we still need to give it our best effort week in and week out. Hello? Did we just lose Eddie? Yeah, I think so. No. No, um, I said that uh, we just need to give our best effort week in and week out. Well, no, I, I'm not going mean, to. I get that viewpoint, but it's like if that was the if that if that was the solution to give your best effort week in week out, that should have happened ages ago. You know, it's not like this is like a month of poor form that we've been having. I mean, if if that was the solution, it would the problem should be solved. You know, it's not though, Jonathan, because nobody's taking it freaking seriously. How can you say somebody actually cares about their run of form when you've got when you've got a midfielder who is committing the same mistakes and giving away more balls in a match than I have seen in donkey's years? Well, no, I agree. How, how I'm can saying you take if, him seriously? I don't, but I'm saying if the solution was to just give your best effort, they should have had that issue solved a long time ago. I no, think what I'm saying is that I don't see because he told him to work on it. I don't I don't see that effort changing in the near future. I just don't see it. I just don't see it changing. I don't either because I don't think the problem was the manager, to be quite honest with you. No, it wasn't. It never was. And we no. all knew that. It was a short term fix. It's easier to get rid of a manager we may have than it is to get it, rid of. Unfortunately, the suits at Chelsea didn't know it. Well, they can fucking piss off because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, we all know that. But you know what? We have to live with them running our club. You know, either that or we tell Roman to go fuck off. You ready for that one? <laughs> I'm not quite ready for that one. You sure? I am. I'll say it right here and right now. He's put these people, he's put these people in power. And look at what they have done. I mean, Roman's given us a lot, but at the stage our club is at, it's if he were to leave, I mean, someone else would come in and buy with the same amount of money. But then you don't know you could be in an even worse situation. Tell you could me end up like Newcastle that. with a fucking Mike Ashley. Or you could end up like Leeds, you know? <laughs> I mean... I don't know. I, I I don't know what the, I don't know. I, I hate trying to like try and think of a solution because that just it makes me like even more frustrated and annoyed because it's like I feel like the solution should be so easy for a squad of this talented players. It should just be fucking pull up your bootstraps and, and play the, the game. Job. Pull up your bootstraps and get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree, you know, there is no excuse for a team of this talent level to be playing this bad. No excuses whatsoever. I mean, I don't know what's I don't know what's going to happen with Drogba. Okay, knowing the club, they'll screw it up. They will. And right now he's Maybe he can. Maybe he can do something. Maybe it's hopeless. I don't know. 
Sorry, guys, no fun. I, you know, I can't do anything about that. Um, but right now, no, I'm ready to tell Roman, you know, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. You know, we won't slag you off, but enough is enough. You obviously don't know what the hell you're doing, and you've got people in charge that don't have a fucking clue in hell. No. The ones that he puts in charge of running our club have no clue of what they're doing. No, they don't. You've got Bruce Buck telling us all to be quiet. You know, you've got, you know, Michael Imanolo, who couldn't, you know, wipe his own ass unless, unless Roman told him to do it. Um, we've, we're a club full of yes men, and I'm, I'm sick to death of it. I'm sick to death of it. The players that are doing well are getting no support. Um, and all they want to do is support Cesc Fabregas because he sells so many shirts or maybe he's sleeping with somebody. I, I don't know. I just don't know. But what I know for sure is it's broken. And the, you know what? There's only one person to point that finger at. Sorry, guys. There's only one. I will forever be grateful for what Roman did. But he made a promise that he would just, you know, let other people do it. And he still, he can't, he, he, he obviously can't do that. He's not a football manager. He knows nothing about, I'm not going to say he knows nothing about football, but he sure as hell doesn't know enough to be able to coach, um, by players or anything else like that. And he's still tinkering around with it like it's a toy and then throwing other people under the bus. If anybody wants to disagree with me, help yourself. No, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, I, I, I agree with that, that he's... But, I mean, with any kind of owner, I mean, there's how... If he wants to own Chelsea, he's going to own Chelsea. Like, there's no... I mean, how would that... That would never change, you know? So, either... I, I mean, it's. I almost feel like the Drogba thing, like... It's almost like if Drogba was in there having – I mean, obviously he wouldn't be a board member or anything. He'd just be a coach. But would would I feel like if Drogba had some kind of input to get you – know, I mean, you know, like Eminol is basically like Roman's eyes and ears inside Cobham. So yeah. if Drogba was there and had a conversation with Eminola like, hey, this, 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 and this, I feel like Eminola wouldn't even – say that to Roman or you know there'd be no like I think Drogba would bring an immediate impact but if there's if you're really trying to change the philosophy inside the club I'm not saying they're, they're bringing in Drogba to try and do that but there's no way that'll ever change if someone leaves you could bring in as many people as you want but if the people that are there right now stay nothing's going to change because they have their position and you know it's a hierarchy and I think someone like Drogba would come in and have great opinions to change a philosophy and a mindset of the club, but I don't see it – I could see it happening short term, but I don't know how that kind of philosophy or this pattern that we just keep going through over and over will actually ever change unless people start leaving. 
And I can tell you what, no other club are going to come and, you know, phone up Eminalo and say, hey, we'd love to have you as a on part of our board. You know, that's not happening. I'm so, sure there's a board of a 14-year-old female team that'll happen. Yeah. Well, then once they come up with their Roman money to pay for it, they can have them. But, you know, my fear is, you know, Didier could come in if the club doesn't screw it up and not get him in. And as soon as he disagrees with something that Roman doesn't want, Roman will go ahead and do whatever he wants to do, you know, and we'll be right back where we were. I don't see any change to that. You know, Bruce Buck is totally clear, clueless. And there you have it. I just... The board needs to be changed. The people in charge need to be changed. And maybe what, what Butch said all those years ago, which is you guys need to shut up because you know what? You don't understand football. And that's the damn problem. They don't get football. I mean, I don't hear about I don't hear about the owner of, of, of City's team going out and buying players. And don't tell me Emanalo picked him. Okay? I don't I don't even want to hear that. Emanalo doesn't do anything unless unless Roman tells him to do it. Everybody wants to blame Emanalo, but who the hell gave him the money? He sure as shit didn't put up his own money. Well, I think that just kind of goes back to the trust thing. Roman basically says, here's X amount of money. I'm putting Go my buy trust this in player. you guys to buy a good player. Do you think he really does that, or do you think he says, I want this player? This is a good player. Get me this player. Do I think Roman says, I want this player? Yeah. Hmm. Not for every player, no. I don't think he said, go out and get me Poppy Gilabuji or whatever. You know, <laughs> so I don't think he's making, I think he might have some input. I don't know. I, I have no idea. Well, that's my fear is that he is making those decisions. I mean, I think when it comes to like, hey, I want uh, Cesc Fabregas, big name. Yeah, probably. Or at least part input. But everyone, I don't know if he's like, I want this, 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 per this player, this player, this player. We'll find out if uh, Mourinho writes a biography and uh, <laughs> lets it all out, but uh, or writes another one, I guess. But no, the current one's just a picture book. <laughs> I'm pretty salty <laughs> about it. Really? <laughs> yeah, it is, and and he didn't write it. The club wrote it. Yeah. You know, because God forbid, Jose should say. I just don't, I just don't know, you know, it, it always seems to me that when there, you know, there is no sense cutting off the, cutting off the dog's tail when, when it's the dog that's wagging it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, that's, that's just me. That's just So me. if it comes down to getting in players that are willing to fight and, you know, dig in whether, no matter where we are in the league, 
I mean, how do we find that? I know a lot of people want English players, but I mean, you think back the last 10, 15 years or so, we've had lots of players that played for the badge that weren't English, you know? And I don't think it's got anything to do with it. No, but I'm, I'm, I hear that argument that, oh, you know, people, the players don't get the league, they don't get the this to that because they're foreign, but I, like, I don't believe that because, I mean, there's loads of players who played for the club who weren't English that cared just as much about Chelsea as they did about their home club that they grew up in or wherever, you know? And I think that might be your, kind of your point of who's buying these players. I mean, we're buying skillful players and players that have, you know, great footballing IQs and things, but I think there's more to a player than that. You know, and and how do you find that? How do you find these players that want to that want to come and play for Chelsea? I think I said it before to someone that you know, Hazard. He his tweet when he said he was going to come to Chelsea was, "I'm going to sign for the European Champions." You know, clearly he he wasn't coming because he has been wanting to be a Chelsea player his whole life. Basically, that tweet tells me that if Bayern Munich had won, he he would have. Wanted to go to Bayern Munich, you know? So. Yeah, but that's not what his dad came out and said, is it? Well, we'll see what happened if, I mean, if if things had been different, who knows, you know? But I don't know. I just think... I mean, I, think, I, I don't know if you can take it out of context. I'm not saying you're wrong, Jonathan. But if, if when we signed Hazard, we just, I mean, you... You know, you could say, well, I supported Chelsea because they wore blue. Well, do you see what I'm saying? I mean, at the time, yeah. we were European champions. Yeah, except for that's Dan and not Jonathan. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. No, but I, I agree. I mean, there was, I mean, some degree of that. I, I, who knows if he probably wouldn't, maybe not have come to us if we didn't win the Champions League. Um, but at the same time, I don't think that at the same time means he doesn't have any affinity for our club and doesn't appreciate our club and its, and its history. Um, cause you, cause you can't solely pick a team based on them winning, you know, a competition one year. No, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, I think there's just. There's clearly obviously something missing, and to me, it's that I don't care what happens this year. I just want to win at all costs, you know? And I think that's just something that's kind of ingrained in a player when you grow up, depending, you know, how you've been. I mean, if you have, like, I just think of, you know, you just think of play like Fabregas, for example. I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to like, you know, throw him under the bus. I mean, he's been poor this year, but he's a player who's basically, I mean, at Arsenal, he wasn't winning. He left, went back to Barcelona where he came from, you know, and I, I don't know. It's just like, how do you get, how do you find these superstar players now that are definitely willing to put in a fight, whether the team's playing well or not? I don't know. You know, I, I just don't know. So let me ask you a question. I don't think that, and that's the whole thing. I don't think that player exists. I don't. I don't think you get hunger out of these, out of players who 
are, you know, World Cup champions who are getting paid all this money. Um, I, ju- I just, I just don't. I think they're, they're that we, I think we, oh, sorry, go ahead, Beth. They're there for a paycheck. That's it. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that we won the league too soon um, last year. Well, maybe even winning the league at all last year. I don't think uh, it was, I think we outperformed, uh, you know, I think we outperformed as a team. We came out hot and strong and we gained such a, you know, such a, uh, a lead in the league last year that we essentially, we've been coast, we coasted through all of 2015. This is not something new that started you know, at, you know, at New York Red Bulls or at, you know, the Community Shield, this is something that started, I feel like it started, you know, January 1, 2015 against the shit from North London. Um, And I think that we've been complacent and have just, you know, we haven't done anything to really change it. I think that the fact that we were so far ahead and that we did continue to grind out results, and that we did win the league last year, kind of glossed over the cracks. But now that we, you know, haven't been on top and haven't been winning games, um, it's definitely been more evident. That and the fact that you know teams know how to play us now. They know that if they're gonna, they put high pressure up on us, put pressure on Fabregas, uh, where he doesn't have time on the ball, that they can, you know, they can, they can take, they can nick it from us. And that's what's been happening. Uh, Eddie, I mean, you haven't ha- said anything in a while. I think you're onto something, Jonathan. I think you're onto something of how, you know, we jumped onto such a big lead in the 2014 part of the uh, season last year that by the time that, that by the time that we got to 2015, you know, we weren't we weren't under immense pressure to win games down the stretch. You know, granted, we did win games, but it seems like we were able to take their foot off the pedal, and it was kind of able to, uh, you know, cruise on to the league title. And it just seemed to carry on through this season. You know, I remember in podcasts back like August or September, we kept you know making excuses for the players. Whether if it was them, you know, getting into preseason training late, and you know them not playing well on the summer tour late, or them not playing well on the summer tour, and it just seems to be that they're they're just not able to get on a consistent roll. No, I mean I agree that they can't get on a roll, but is it how do you get that ball rolling? You know, I think we've had multiple. I'd say maybe three or four instances throughout the season where it's been like, okay, maybe the ball's going to start rolling. Oh no, it goes back down the hill. You know, you feel like it's gonna, it's gonna start. You know, I, I felt that since the beginning of the year. It's like, okay, September. Oh, we'll get things going. Oh, okay, no, no, October. No, it didn't happen. You know, you just kind of. I mean, is it ever going to? I mean, does do we need to just completely press the reset button? on this and just on the team, I'm saying the team would just press the reset button. I mean, I don't think it has to be that drastic. You know, I just don't know how, I mean, like Jonathan said, I mean, we've seen this kind of, I don't want to say we've seen it coming, but I mean, 
the performances have been pretty poor, basically, like you said, since the past year. You know, basically all of 2015 was pretty poor. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see a league table of just 2015 and see where we are in that league table. I mean, considering we're in 14th now, just this season, and the way we finished last season, I mean, we did get those crucial wins, like that United win and Leicester, but, boy, I mean, it'd be, I think it'd be really interesting to see see what that, that table looks like, just the calendar year of 2015. I agree with you. Well, I don't know what to say, guys. I really don't. I, am I frustrated? Yes, but I've had a frustrating couple of days, so I'm not feeling very positive. I'm not my normal positive self. Let's just put it that way. And it well, isn't just, you know, one thing, so. Well, I guess one positive thing that we can talk about um, in terms of today's match, you know, um, Kennedy came on at halftime for uh, Pedro and and nearly got his first first Chelsea goal. I agree. I have no you know, and I think that's what's frustrating Jonathan and also probably a lot of people uh, as well as Dan is that those boys seem to be able, they seem to want to play. They seem to want to give 100%. They want to give their all. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think that is what it, it totally is. Because sense. if we had players out there, you could just tell that they were given 100% and these were the results. I'd be like, no, oh, whatever. You know, they're busting their ass. But when it feels like it's not 100%. They don't give a shit. Everyone, I mean, what every fan wants is <clears throat> for the players to care as much as the fans do. You know? And and that's why fans fall in love with players like John Terry and Didier Drop. You know, you could just tell that they wanted to be out there. And that's what we want to see from our players. And we don't see that. And then when we see Kennedy come on... And Loftus Cheek, come on! They just they just look like they want to be there and they want to play. They don't have the best performances all the time, but at least they're trying. And and it looks like they're they're putting in their absolute best effort, you know. And I think that's Jonathan kind of said how we kind of overachieved last year. And you know, I think maybe the players and fans ourselves we kind of built our expectations up maybe too high for some of these players, you know. Maybe we're expecting too much from something. Maybe this is this is just how these players are, and we're just expecting too much out of them. Yeah, and I think one other thing is, all right, I'm about to make uh, you know be critical of Jose Mourinho, and I'm not normally one to do that. But I feel like part of the issue was is because Jose was so reliant on our on the same starting eleven that started the year off so well. Uh, and he didn't really want to bring in, you know, the youth and other people for competition. And I think that's part of the reason why you can call it complacency. You can call it them getting burnt out. But I think that, you know, lack of rotation and not bringing in the youth that have that hunger and that drive. They, yeah, they may not have been as uh, technically gifted as those other guys, but they, they bring the, that passion that I think 
could have, you know, lifted the team as a whole. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. In my job, if I don't give it 100%, I don't get paid. I work on commission. So here's a question that I have for you. If you were in your job and you worked with someone who was slacking off and they were getting paid the same amount as you are and they were, or maybe even more and they were slacking off and they weren't really trying and they weren't giving it at all. They're all, and they weren't putting in the performance that you know that they could give. How would you feel? Well, I'd say, speaking, hey, I'm going to slack off too because then I'll still get paid when I'm going to get paid and they don't have to work as hard, so I don't have to either. Yeah, speaking as somebody that is in the middle of the, <laughs> that exact instance, uh, it's it's quite disheartening. But me personally, I'm not going to – just because I know that I technically – well, I mean, I know some background information, but I know if I were to not know that and just think that, oh, well, if I could slack off too and get away with it, um, then I, I don't know. I'm not that kind of person. I think I'm more of the motivated, motivated type of person that wouldn't allow myself to sink to that level. So let me ask you part two of that question. Okay. Part two, if the players got paid based on their performance, do you think it would change? Do you think things would change? That's a really good question because I think when you get to that, you know, astronomical amount of money, you know, what, what's, what's going to motivate them? Well, that's what I'm asking. I'm sure if you're a younger French player that might not have as big of a contract, yes, I, I think it would be a bigger motivating factor. So if I told Cesc Fabregas, if I told Oscar that if he didn't pull his head out and stop running into three people all the fucking time and, you know, losing the ball all the time, that he wasn't going to get paid, do you think it would change his performance? Do you think he would learn that lesson? Maybe. I would think so. I would hope so. I think if every club in the world had that philosophy, then yes. <laughs> I think if it was just Chelsea, he'd be okay, fuck off, I'm going to go somewhere else. <laughs> Then that tells but, you exactly what he's playing for, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yep. If it changes their performance, is that who we want? I mean, I read something the other day that said, despite Man City and paying for all those players, we still have the biggest payroll. How is that possible? <laughs> that I don't know. Because we have a lot of players kind of in that age of where they kind of are making that their most amount of money, you know, 24 to 28, 30. I mean, that's <clears throat> for most teams have a lot of players, but that's, you know, Fabregas is in there, Hazard's in there, Costa's in there. You know, we've got those. That's kind of the age group of these players that we've bought in. So. And that's making the assumption that players are actually play, paid by their ability. Do you believe that? Because no, if so, on their potential and their popularity and their what people think they're worth and what national team they're from. 
Yeah. Um, I definitely think that national national team and maybe even where you previously played has a big factor in times in terms of what kind of contract you get. I'm just saying that I think there's a hell of a lot of people that are overpaid that are not earning their paycheck. And if their paycheck actually was based on their performance, maybe they'd work a little harder. I, I think I think Leicester's season this year is just like a great way to compare our season too, just because they're in a situation they're in the position in the table that on paper we should be in based on the wages of our players and the perceived skill of our players. But there's one difference, major difference, between those players for Leicester and those players for Chelsea. And that's that passion and that desire and that want to win and to go out there as a group week in, week out, and keep what they have going, going. That You can just tell. They just want They just... They're out there. They're having fun. They're playing hard. They bust their butt. Every every single person on that pitch busts their butt for that team, you know. And their wages aren't as high as ours. Their players might not be as skilled as ours, but I think that that desire goes a long, long way. And I don't. Th- I don't think we're gonna. I don't think desire and passion is something that you can just like flip on a switch in someone. You know, you're not just gonna be like. Okay, Oscar, you need to turn on that switch and just want it. And, you know, Fabregas, week in, week out, you just have to turn on that switch and you just have to have that passion that, you know, you love Chelsea, you want to play for this club, you want to bust your butt every time you go. That's not something you can just turn on and off. That's just something that someone has in them, you know. And I think at the moment we just don't have those types of players. I think if we had players with equivalent skill level – but that had a little more desire, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in. And I don't blame I don't blame the players necessarily. Somewhat I do, but in, at the same time, I don't expect someone to be a player that they're not just because that's the player that we want them to be. You know, if that's how they play, then that's how they play. We just don't have the right players to fit our team at the moment. You know, and that's unfortunate, but I think that's just how it is. Well, I think. You hit on a point there. It's our team isn't built for the Premier League. Our team is built to try to emulate Barcelona because that's what Roman wants us to be. And it's never going to work that way because the Barcelona of the Premier League is Arsenal. And then when's the last time they won the Premier League? So if Roman wants that, okay, if Roman believes that and that's what he wants, okay, that's why he wants pups so bad. Jesus God. Um, if that's what he really wants, okay, and Arsenal have not been able to get results playing that way because the English League doesn't – you can't win the English League playing that way. And, and he's telling everybody to buy players that will do that. What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <clears throat> Whose fault is that? 
Well, I guess it depends on who's actually making the final decisions on buying the players. Is it, you who know, writes imminent... the checks, buddy? Well, yeah, I know. We, you know, we all know who writes the checks, but how, you know, how influential is he? How much, you know, does he? We all know he's coming in and doing things like signing Torres and Shevchenko and those big name people that he wants. But is he? He's not the one that's signing. You know. He's not the one that said bring Nemanja Matic back. He's not the one who probably signed Aspilicueta and people like that. But I, I, I do think he has some, I don't know, leeway. And he's probably guiding. He probably has insight on how he wants them to buy. But I don't think he has the fine. I don't think he is looking over every player contract and signing everyone, you know. Well, I feel like this is where we just kind of keep going in circles. But at the same time, it's like, Clearly, he has some kind of trust in in hitting because he brought him back to be caretaker manager. So, I think hitting would have a great insight on a board to be able to bring in the right players if he was in that kind of position. So why can't he? Why can't he trust some someone else who? He's, are you telling me Eminal is the only person in the world that he could trust to do that job? You're telling me he can't find someone else that he could trust that is more capable of finding players that are a total package and not well, just apparently, of the package? I don't know if this is true or not. I don't know if this is a Twitter rumor or where I heard or read this, but apparently then in the time you know before Gus came back as our manager that he would be contacted as you know far as like as a consultant on players. That could be completely fabricated by the press, and so don't I'll take that with a very large grain of salt. But I did read that somewhere. Have I mean, any, so, have any I mean, of you guys heard that, or I have? Have you heard that, Beth? No, I haven't. But I've oh. been pretty, pretty I I haven't heard that, but I don't discount it because you know, if you have a manager that's not coaching anymore, you know, he might have a good eye for you know talent, and somebody might reach out. Well, to him he, say, he was coaching, but he was coaching national teams. So yeah. even if he was doing that, it wouldn't be any sort of conflict of interest because as a national team manager, you have, you know, you, I would assume that people would contact the national team managers to at least talk about, you know, their nation's players. So that's there's expected to be some sort of communication, but like how far that went as far as, you know, his so insight on is- players. How many players have we signed from the national team that Gus Hitting used to manage? Well, he Russia, he tried, Russia, and the and Dutch national. Yeah, so we tried to sign Wesley Snyder, apparently, but you know, silly season. Sorry, we divulged in the silly season topic here, Beth. Kind of, <laughs> but um, no, I, mean, I, I can't. I can't. See that Gus I can't have any say so he's not going to be here next year he's interim he's not going to be here next season what the fuck does he care who we buy no i'm saying that i'm not yeah i'm not saying that at all i'm saying previous to him coming like did he like give advice to the club on scouting matters all right sorry i put us on this wormhole (laughs) (laughs) okay well, I don't mean to be a downer, but maybe we should go on. I yes. Mean, you know, we could, I, th- I, I don't know which one of you said it, 
Sorry. But was, we are. We're just running in circles, guys. Yeah, it's like, how did we even get to where we are? <laughs> What's something we, well, positive we can talk about? Well, uh, here's a piece of news that came out from uh, Chelsea earlier today. Um, our next FA Cup round, which is uh, against the winner of... Um, MK Downs. Yeah. And- Northampton. MK Dons in Northampton. Uh, that will be played Sunday, the 31st of January at 11 o'clock Eastern. And that will be televised in the UK, so I can only presume that that will be televised here. Mm, we'll see what Fox decides. Yeah. But, Probably uh, knows they didn't do very good at promoting the FA Cup round. Huh. No. No, and I didn't get into a fight with Eric Wijnaldum this time because I don't think they had him on TV. But then again, I didn't watch any of their media, you know, press coverage. Like I just watched the match, and that was it. That's all I watched. Yep, that's all I really watched too. I had to get to work, so. which is sad because they would you would think that the FA Cup should be a big, a big thing for them because they don't have the Premier League. So this is them getting all these getting Premier League teams on their channel, and they, like, take... I don't remember even seeing anything on Twitter, let alone, like, commercials or any sort of advertisements. The only thing I... I mean, I tweeted them, and it's like, our... I'll tell you what happened last week. I got an email from a friggin' Spurs supporter going, can you please retweet this and get Fox to talk about our match? Oh, I got that email, too. I immediately... I couldn't hit the delete button fast enough. You know what I wrote him? And it's like, you're having a laugh, dude. And I said, no, absolutely not. And and he came back snarky and everything else like that. I said, listen, I've already sent my tweet into Fox and tell them what a shit job they're doing. But other than that, that's it. That's all I do. I'm not fucking tweeting out when your game is. Go fuck off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like if you want, you know... No, if you're a Tottenham whatever and you want other Tottenham people to know, find a Tottenham supporters club. Don't come to us. What a dickhead. You know. So Well, on I, that I, note, we're uh, in Phoenix this weekend. We're meeting up with the the Everton supporters group. We've invited them to to our pub to, to come watch the game. So so that'll be kind of fun. to We... we Trying to collaborate a little bit here, uh, here in Phoenix with the other groups who are who are willing, but so I know the Everton group is always willing to to do things with us, but uh, yeah, we don't have much luck with that Tottenham group here. They uh, nobody does, and the Arsenal group there. Yeah. Well, the Tottenham group from Chicago hates hates us because when the Spurs. We're supposed to play the fire, or when they did play the fire on their tour last summer, the Chicago group of about 20 or 25 of us bought tickets to the Spurs fire match, and we were going to sing anti-Spurs song the whole match. <laughs> and I we got tickets that. for less than like what this, all the Spurs and fire supporters paid because we got a big group package, and then they found out about it, and then the fire revoked our tickets, and we haven't been back since. What? Oh. We're going back for um, 
Well, there's some guys from Chicago that go, but like for the majority of the group, we haven't tried to do anything like at all supporting the Chicago Fire. So we're going back when Frank plays the season opener at Chicago, and we'll sing super, we'll sing Frank songs for 90 minutes, and they'll have to deal with it. What yeah. a bunch of dickheads! I remember when that happened. Um, How did they revoke the tickets? They sold them to you. I I I don't know. You could uh, Brian dealt with it more than I did. Um, I I don't know how they. I don't know. Well, uh, as for us, you know, um, there's a few Totten or there's a few uh, Everton supporters that come to our pub, and they're all and they're all you know really uh, nice, you know, good guys. Um, and then the Totten supporters also come to our pub as well but luckily uh we really haven't played at the same time as as uh tottenham has so we really haven't run into them a whole lot um except for this one guy that comes um i think i tweeted a picture of him a couple weeks ago uh i might retweet that picture on the uh, cia account but he wears a everton hat and a tottenham uh uh, kit shirt. To, what? Yeah, to to the pub, and we make fun of him every time. Sure. And, and I guess like he supports one team and his dad supports the other team, so that's why he wears both. And I first noticed it like last season when he was when uh, Everton played at the same time as we did. So uh, so he had on his, his like Everton hat and like a sweatshirt. And I just happened to uh, stick around with, you know, Jr. and Andy and maybe uh, maybe uh, Scott LaPointe as well. And, w- and we're all just like, you know, uh, hanging out, talking afterward. And then next thing I know, he's taking off his sweatshirt and it's a Christian Bale uh, jersey. Well, the, I mean... It kind of reminds me, Beth, of that guy uh, we ran into this summer in New York at that pizza shop who uh, had his Chelsea shirt on and then was telling us after about five, oh, ten minutes his second favorite team was Liverpool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how he loves Liverpool. And Kath was about to just absolutely tear his head off. <laughs> oh, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, it was pretty hysterical. So anyways, can we? you want to do picks, guys? Yes, let's yeah. do some picks. Okay, so um, after the FA Cup, I guess there was one game not played, Newport versus Blackburn? Yes, because I guess the pitch was, like, flooded, basically. Waterlogged. Yeah, waterlogged. And, and I really don't know uh, when they are going to re- going to have that tie. Well, probably about the same time as they have the other one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 11. Yeah. So, you know, there was a total of of um, 32 games played. 12 of them weren't. So out of 20, Eddie got 15. Um, Dan got 13. And Jonathan and I got 11. And then there was this, you know, the last game, the game's last two days. And I got five. Jonathan and Dan got three. And Eddie got two. So Eddie's sitting on 17. Myself... And Dan are on 16, and Jonathan's on 14. 
Yep, and uh, those are unofficial um, totals because of yeah, the... Yeah, 12 games that haven't been decided. Yeah, the replays in the FA Cup. Right. So, Eddie, I've highlighted the games that we need final scores on. So Perfect. Easier for you to find. I would love to know how many of those draws I got right. I think I got a couple of those draws right, even though I didn't what? know we weren't picking draws. Did you say draw? Yeah. I picked a couple. Yeah, when he uh, oh, we supposed to, I, I changed him. When oh. he tweeted me his picks, he didn't know that we weren't picking draw. So, so oh. I um I, I I told him we're just picking whoever advances. Okay. Oh, okay. Because I was gonna say, oh, there's no draws there. So, yeah, I just thought it would be easier. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you don't have to like pick twice. And... Exactly, and try and keep track of all those extra games. All right, so uh, games for this weekend. First game up, Spurs at home to Sunderland. Draw. Okay, that was Dan, right? Yep. Okay. And I'm going with the draw. I will also go with the draw. Because we hate Spurs. Good, that's all of us. Bournemouth at home to Norwich. Mm. Bournemouth. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to go Bournemouth. Same. I'm going for a draw. And Chelsea at home to Everton? Chelsea. Chelsea. Yep, I'll take Chelsea as well. Man City at home to Palace. City. I'm going to go Palace. I'm going to go with City. And I'm going for a draw. Uh, Newcastle at home to West Ham. To West Ham? Yes. Okay. At home? Newcastle's at home to West Ham. Draw. I'm going to go with Newcastle. Give me Newcastle. And I'm going with the Pikes. Southampton at home to West Brom. Southampton. Draw. Okay. Dan was Southampton. Jonathan was draw. And I'll take a draw. And I went with West Brom. Villa at home to Leicester. 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 And Leicester. And that's unanimous. Liverpool at home to Man U. Ooh. That's got draw written all over it. Yeah, it does. Yep. <laughs> draw. The Van Gogh haters will be out in full force, so I'm going to go with another draw. Okay, so we're unanimous with that. Stoke at home to Arsenal. That's got another draw written all over it. I'm going to go with Stoke. So Dan with Stoke, John with a draw, me with a draw, Eddie? Arsenal. 
and Swansea at home to Watford. Watford. I'm taking Watford too. Um, especially yeah, now that Swansea sold uh, John Joe Shelby. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in him. Uh, uh, I think Swansea's going table. down this year. So is that unanimous for Watford? Yep. Yep. Okay. So uh, I guess uh, since, since you brought it up, Dan, we'll just go really uh, quickly around. Which three as of right now do you think is going down? Um, I'd have to go with Villa, Swansea, and unfortunately, I think Bournemouth's going to go down. I think Newcastle and Sunderland will will get those results and uh, and barely survive. Dan, why did you have to pick the exact teams I was going to pick? It's kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go. I'll go Villa twentieth. Bournemouth 19th, and Swansea 18th. So I'll give you, you can pick a different order if you like. I don't want to pick a different order. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I'm just going Villa, Swansea, Newcastle. and Sunderland. Yeah, I think Bournemouth's going to stay up. So. Yeah. I'd like to see Bournemouth stay up. I just, I don't know, I just feel like Sunderland just, I don't know. I don't. I just feel like they will. They'll just scrape by and get those those draws against those teams near them, and a win here and there, and and stay up. I, I feel mean, like Bournemouth is a team that's going to beat will beat more top half of the table teams, but I think in and around that bottom half, I think Sunderland will will be able to to get those results. How you feel about Sunderland is how I feel about Newcastle. So I guess my order is going to be. Uh, Villa, Sunderland, and Swansea. Yeah, I don't think Sunderland's gonna drop because of I think I think Allardyce is gonna keep you know Big Sam is gonna keep him up. He's in for a relegation scrap. That's the only thing I think they got really in him. Yeah, he knows no, how to I work a relegation scrap. Him, it'd be different. And so that's why I think Bournemouth's going down. I mean, today down. Defoe looked like he was uh, on fire. So. If they can get some goals, I think that they'll they'll be able to to edge it out. I think I think Bournemouth just kind of lacks those goals since uh, their Callum Wilson went out their striker, but I think he might be back soon. Yeah, and it's very possible that if both Newcastle and Sunderland go down, that there won't be any teams or any clubs in the Northeast next season. Well, Middlesbrough might go up, so if they if they go up. And uh, just as you mentioned that, I was about to look up the uh, the table in the uh, championship. Yeah, I, I, th- I think Middlesbrough is doing really well this year. I could be wrong, but. Well, yeah, on. they're on top with 55 points with 25 games played and Hall's in second with 50 with 26 games played. So they have a game in hand and five-point lead on top, so. They'll probably for sure get one of those top two spots for automatic qualification. Oh, yeah, true. Okay, Beth, do you have any uh, CIA news? Yes, I want to remind everybody, if you could remind them in the pubs, an email. I'm trying to get the email out, you guys. It's more complicated than you know. Um, but uh, 
that we were, are doing another share raffle until the end of the season. So um, if you are interested in having or getting a chance to get a CPO chair for just a $10 pop or $10 flutter, as they say, um, then all you have to do is send an email to uh, or send $10 to PayPal at ChelseaInAmerica.com. You can send 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, whatever you want to send, but um, the share is yours uh, if you win. And we're going to wait until the end of the season and raffle off some shares. And I don't think any one of the three of you own a share. I literally have a filled out application on my computer right now. It's filled out. I just need to send it in. But maybe I'll do the share, the thing, and maybe if I don't win, then I'll just pay for it. Well, there you go. I know. I know. When when I was there for Watford, Dimitri got his share on the with the on field presentation and everything. So yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, I just I just might have to get into the uh, share raffle this time around. So well, it's certainly worth ten bucks. Yes, totally worth it. Well, Beth, if you're gonna send a new uh, email out about it, whenever you do that, I will use that as my reminder to. Buy a share, or not buy, well, buy a share, a raffle share. Okay, well, make sure that you remind everybody in the pub, please, please, please talk this up. Okay? Yep. And I will tell everybody what I told Southern California. I am hearing more rumblings that Chelsea will be out this summer, so um, we have, I have nothing to tell you for sure. I'm just telling you I'm hearing rumblings, so you can take it for whatever you want. Um, but on the back of that, if it does happen, we will not be going to Vegas this summer because we cannot afford to do both. But um, that's that's what's going on as far as that goes. <coughs> I think that's it. I can also report, thank God, finally, the website has finally been ported over to the new server. So look forward if there is anybody that is listening and hey Dan if you can contact that guy that lives near you that was going to help you with your website uh -huh. to get in touch with me I would really appreciate it we need some help for with a webmaster okay okay I'll send him a message right now yeah um, I think he was emailed but I'm not sure but uh, we do need that help we are going to be looking for volunteers for people to write blogs um, help on the homepage to do the um, rotating newscape. So if anything like that sounds interesting or you'd like to do that, please, please, please let us know. We need the help. Um, other than that, I want to remind everybody that is a shareholder, they'll be getting an email from me hopefully by the weekend um, that the, a the AGM is happening at the end of the month. You should have gotten your, your uh, proxy form. If you have not, you will have directions in this email, so look for it on how to get your proxy sorted. And I think that's it. Other than that, sorry, I'm going to do some not Chelsea-related business. On Monday, my heart broke. We lost, we, the world, whatever, lost my husband in another life, as I used to tease uh, chidge about, but also someone that I relied on for more than 45 years to help me get through the days, and that was David Bowie, and I miss him 
very, very much. I'm sad for all of us that now all of the music will just, all of his music will just be reruns. So I'm not going to say any more because if I do, I'll break down into tears. Yes, I'm a huge Bowie fan, so just get over it. <laughs> no, definitely right there with you. It was, uh, I, I'm, I'm honestly still kind of in shock about it. So, I, I, yeah, that's, I'll just leave it at that. Well, yeah, I was pretty much in shock all day on Monday. So. Oh. All right. Well, it's definitely good to uh, to get a little chat in here. And, uh, you know, I can only type so fast on Twitter, so I usually don't uh, – feel like I vent on Twitter, so it was nice to, to get it out a little bit tonight. Well, and with that, I want you guys to maybe get together, have a private conversation, either email or something like that, on when we can invite Dermot and uh, John back. Sounds good. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, guys. With that, I'm going to thank our sponsors. We want to thank Parker's, the English Pork Pie Company. Uh, for bringing us delicious pork pies. It's that time of the year where warm food feels good. We also want to thank 442. We want to thank 8x8 thank Magazine. It's not your father's. It's a great magazine. Pick it up. Uh, have a read. Um, oh, I forgot one other thing, which I'll mention after the sponsors. I, was, I want to also uh, thank uh, One World Sports. I'm hearing rumblings as well that uh, they are in communications with DirecTV and hopefully soon One World Sports will be coming to you if you are a DirecTV subscriber. We also want to thank the CPO. We talked a lot about it. If you're interested in becoming a pitch holder, um, a pitch owner, you can always email me at info at chelseaamerica.com. You can look for the email. They'll be going out to all members about the raffle. Please participate. It's a great opportunity to actually have a finger hold into the club you love. And finally, Last but not least is the CST, the Chelsea Supporters Trust. We love them so much. They do so much for us, and we want to make sure that we and that you all support them too. Um, now I forgot what I was going to tell you. Damn it. Oh, I wanted to remind everybody, if you, uh, if you are looking to getting a copy of This Damnation, which is Mark Worrell's new book, please, please, please contact me. I have copies of it. It is a fantastic read. It is great. Have you read it? I am about 100 pages in. Isn't it I, great? It is great. And I like the surprise about... On page 32. Yeah, on page 32. That was a fun one. So No spoilers. Um, no spoilers. Well, you no got to buy the book. Huh? So we got to buy the book and find out. Yes, you got to buy the book to find out. No spoilers. Um, it is a fantastic read. I finished it um, about a week or yeah, about a week ago or more, and just absolutely love the hell out of it. It's right up there with Human Punk as far as a great read. And I don't know if I, any of you guys have had a chance to read that, but it is a great, great, great book as well. Thanks to John King. Um, if you are interested in more copies of uh, Making History, Not Reliving It. I have some more of those back in stock. I have all of Marco's books. So if any of other than 
Over Land and Sea. I do not have that book. Um, but I have the other two plus This Damnation, and I'm serious. It is a great read. I also have DJ's copy, well, Blue Blagger's copy of Glastonbury Tales, which I will finish tonight if you would like to get that. It's always good to support those that support us. Mark and DJ are, are amazing people. Maybe we should get Marco, Marco on to talk about this. Yeah, I yeah. think that's a great idea. I think it's a great idea as well. Um, I'm sure he would like to talk about all of his books and let you guys be more aware of, of what's going on with his career. But that book is a fabulous read. It is a page-turner, a definitive page-turner. I'll tell you that much. Don't you agree, Jonathan? Oh, yeah, it's great. I'm And it's funny, I'm standing here looking at my bookcase, and I'm like, I have a whole row of Mark's books on the line. But, uh, yeah, The Damnation. If you've read Blue Murder... Um, it's more similar to that vein because it's not just about Chelsea. It's an actual novel, uh, but it's just Chelsea related. So um, it just adds that something special, I think. It does. The great characters in it, though. Great characters. If you like Taran if you like Quentin Tarantino, you'll love this book. Yeah, because this book was actually, I believe, didn't they originally try to write it as a movie and they turned it into a book? Mark originally wrote it as a screenplay. Yes. And I'm going to leave Mark to talk about that when we get him online, when we get him all in. Okay? Good, good point. I'm just trying to sell the book. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it really does. It, it, you, you can absolutely visualize the characters. So um, it's, it's, a great, it's a great read. It took me maybe about ten nights to finish it. You know, to read it cover to cover. So, um, yeah, it's a good one. So contact me if you're interested in a copy of it. And talk it up in the pub, guys. All right? We will. Yep. And this Friday, I am going with some of the North Texas Blues, the Shed End Blues, and Fort Worth Blues. We're all meeting downtown Fort Worth for an after-holiday party, and I'm really looking forward to it, and a fundraiser for Ronald McDonald House here in Fort Worth. Okay, guys, with that, Thanks. I think we'll that's... That. Huh? I said enjoy. Yeah, I will. I will. Um, I think I need it. Um, with that, I think we're going to bid you a fond farewell. I know we sounded pretty... This was a pretty much a dirge this week. Um, don't lose faith. You know? I was on a, I'm, on a, I'm on a David Bowie's not around anymore bummer, so I'm not very nice to anybody right now. Um... And but keep the faith, believe in the team, send them power, send them belief, send them commitment, send them passion, send them something other than a quick kick up the ass. But anyways, with that, as we always do, as we always believe, win or lose, up the blues, up the chels. Up the chels. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.